Hey, you're listening to the Creative Pep Talk podcast. This show is about helping creatives thrive. I'm your host, Andy J. Pizza. You can find my work and keep up to date with Creative Pep Talk at Andy J. Pizza on Instagram. Let's do it. I really needed to rehaul my website. I was talking to some web people, looking around, and I got intrigued by Squarespace's new Fluid Engine, partially because it just sounds cool, but also because it allows you to drag and resize and layer up anything you can imagine. I dove in, rebuilt my site. It's the most me site that I've ever had. I just absolutely love it. Launched it. Got such a great response. Some industry illustration and designy peers even reached out and was like, hey, who coded this thing, man? I'm like, y'all, I did it by myself. No coding with Squarespace's new Fluid Engine. I told him like, you should go check it out. You're gonna be surprised with what you can do. And I built this thing before Squarespace reached out to sponsor the show. So I was like, boom, easy peasy. I was gonna tell you about this new site. Anyway, go check it out, anyjpizza.com if you wanna see what I did with it. If you want to try it yourself, make a site that's totally you where you can build a portfolio, sell content and courses and all kinds of other stuff, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with promo code PEPTALK, all one word, all uppercase. This episode is supported by In The Making, an original podcast brought to you by Adobe Express, the all-in-one content creation app included in your Creative Cloud membership. If you are trying to boost the YouTube, TikTok, Reels content side of what you're doing, one episode of In The Making that I think will be super useful to you is their episode with John Yushai. I think John's method for including his audience in the process is really inspiring. And if you want to hear about that and more about leveling up your game in the creator economy, just search In The Making in your podcast player to listen. Many thanks to In The Making and Adobe Express for their support. Quick announcement, yo, the friggin' Creative Pep Talk 28 calendar, 28, 28, 2018 calendar has dropped. It is in the shop. Go get it, creativepeptalk.com slash shop. You can get the new calendar. It's got artwork from episode arts from from this previous year. Stay pepped up all year long. Go check it out, all of the calendar sales support uh, this podcast happening. So go support the show. Go get it. Super pumped about this product. Uh, go get yours now. Also, quick one. Hey, if you've never iTunes reviewed, if you've never, <laughs> that was a weird way of saying it. If you've never left a review on iTunes for this show, would you consider doing it? It is one of the ways that this show grows more than anything else. If you've got something from this, have an abundance mindset, which you'll hear about more in this episode of the podcast, but go get the word out about the pep, go to iTunes. Even if you've never done it for any other show, do it for this one. Don't you, don't you want to see it just explode with pep talk all over iTunes? Sounds weird, but could be good. Go review it on iTunes now. Thank you, guys. Let's jump in. This is an exciting 
today. It's an exciting episode because today we kick off a new series, probably a a three to five part series on the creative pep talk philosophy, the creative pep talk philosophical school of thought on what it means. What's the philosophy behind uh, what it means to be a thriving creative person? What are we talking about? And uh, I am so freaking psyched out of my gourd to uh, bring you this series. This is the stuff that I have been chewing on for quite some time. It's the stuff that's keeping me up in the night and getting me up in the morning and I can't stop thinking about it and it's fresh on my mind and I'm ready to uh, get it out the oven. It's been cooking and it started with, I've been listening to uh, this podcast called Philosophize This. It's my newest, favoritest podcast. I have no affiliation with them. I'm just plugging it because it's phenomenal. And it just goes back through the ages of philosophical thought. And man, I'd never, I didn't have philosophy in college, so I didn't know that this was like my main interest. Um, but I, as I've been diving into that podcast I'm uh, and just eating through so many of these episodes, I'm realizing that philosophy is a is a massive thing in my own life, and really that creative pep talk is really just uh, my philosophy on what it takes to live the good life as a creative, what it takes to thrive as a creative. And uh, you know, when I'm out there talking with creative people, one of the things I notice is that. Uh, that some of the things we talk about on the podcast can end up sounding very dualistic, meaning, um, you know, dualism is this idea that everything's black and white. And so um, it can sound like at times that I'm saying, you should just focus on one thing and don't do many things. And then other times it sounds like I say, you need to do lots of things and don't just focus on one thing. And just realizing that there's a level of nuance to all of this discussion, to what it means to thrive as a creative person. And that, that level of nuance is best framed with some core tenets or virtues that help build out this philosophical thought, if you can call it that, uh, and, uh, and that by painting this kind of um, non-black and white painting, this painting with many hues and kind of fleshing out all of these virtues, that we will have a better way of interacting with this material. If we set this foundation of core values of what it looks like to be a thriving creative person, in, at least from the lens of creative pep talk, I think we'll go forward with a less dualistic uh, way of seeing everything. Because the truth is, there are times, there are seasons when you need to be hyper-focused and then there are seasons when you need to experiment. And I think if we can get this framework into place, these core virtues of this philosophical uh, theory of creative pep talk, then everything from here on out will be better served and we'll, we'll find it easier to navigate. So I wanted to just lay a foundation for uh, what this show's all about and, and what this philosophy is. So I'm thinking about 
going from Andy J. Pizza to Andis J. Fis Pizzacus and going deep into whatever the philosophical school of thought this is, the philosophical school of creative pep talk. Uh, and uh, I don't have an ism name for it yet. Maybe one will arise as we're going through this series, as we're diving deep into this whole uh, way of thinking. Maybe we'll find some, you know, pepperoniism or some catchy name to call this uh, philosophy, um, but I don't have it yet. So you can suggest it on Instagram if you want, go hit me up on there. If you have an idea of what this, uh, you know, th what this philosophy of being a thriving creative is called. And uh, before we jump into our first virtue that we're going to kick this thing off with, I'm going to give you uh, just a little bit of background why I think this series is so pivotal, so necessary, and, and has the potential to be so powerful. Uh, and, and it kind of starts with talking about why philosophy is so powerful in my life and, and why it's been so powerful in other people's life, lives. And uh, it, it's this idea, the way that I see philosophy, um, a framework for entering life. Why is it so powerful? For me, it's like we are sailors in the night and we're, and, and we're going on this journey called a creative career. And we look out into the sky and it just looks like, you know, this vast solar system, this vast, uh, uh, this, this vast landscape of stars. And when you look up, it can just look like looking at static. And as you're going about in your creative career, it can look like everything is just random. The people that win are lottery winners. Um, and, and you can get so lost in your own part of the journey where you feel like um, you can't really find anything to hold on to. And so you're looking at this vast solar system, this, this sea of static in the stars and you start to lose your way, it starts to become incredibly difficult to make any progress. And what I think this philosophy can do is it can start taking those stars and connecting the dots. It can start finding patterns in that static and saying, look at these constellations if we can identify the core virtues or core values of, of how to make progress, you will start to see constellations in the sky. And with those points, you will start to, to make progress through the creative waters of your career. Uh, they will be references. They will be guides that will help you find your true north. And philosophy is all about answering this question, what does it take to live the good life? What is the good life and what does it take to get there? And so every one of these schools of thought has their own virtues. And on each episode in this series, we're going to focus on one particular virtue, 
what it's all about and how you can utilize it, how you can not just think about it, you know, like uh, Peter Griffin uh, from Family Guy who was a thinker back in the day. His relative was a, his career was a thinker and it pans to that Peter Griffin uh, sat on a rock and he's doing his job, he's at work and all he does is sit there and say, why? And sometimes when we get deep into philosophy or we dive deep into uh, an area of thought, it can feel like, um, great, that sounds really great. How does it actually change my life? But every one of these virtues, we're going to dive into it. We're going to pant, we're going to flesh it out. And then we're going to say, this is how you can take this and act in your career to make a difference and work towards the creative career, good life, so to speak. And uh, if you look through all of these philosophical uh, schools of thought, they talk about what is the good life and all of them seem to talk about this idea of transcending into the good life. It's, and I'm fascinated by this idea and it's this idea that you could do something in your life, you could achieve something in your life that, that bookends things. They can have this A, D, B, C kind of thing to where uh, before you transcended and after you transcended, this moment where you walk into and step into the good life. And actually in my own creative career, I have had these breakthrough moments. And for me, what I define as the good life and what we're trying to head towards uh, was pretty clearly defined in the Creative Destiny series, if you want to go back into that. Um, but essentially, it's this idea. Uh, it's defined by Pablo Picasso in my, my life quote, which is, the, the meaning of life is to find your gift, and the purpose of life is to give it away. And what we're talking about, what we're looking for, the tower on the horizon that we're trying to find, is finding this overlap between what you've got what's special about what emanates and flows from your inner core as a creative person and finding where that's in need. And this particular time and place with these particular people that you find yourself uh, amongst. And if you can find that place where what's really truly uh, bursting from the seams from your DNA and experience, and you can find people who are crazy in need of that thing, everything else falls into place. And to me, that is creative transcendence. Don't you want to be in that place? Don't you want to be in that place where you get lost in the work that you're making because it just, you lose sense of time because it just explodes from you and then you throw it out there into the world and it meets a need. It does something for people. It, it brings them to tears. It gets them excited. It makes them laugh. It changes their life. It helps them in a time of need, whether that's through an escape of, of, of laughter or intrigue or moving them into a new season in their own life. That's what I think we're looking for. And if you do that, money and, and uh, time and, uh, and, and fulfillment and everything else will be solved. And so how do we move our way to that place? That's what this philosophical, framework is all about. And every school has their list of virtues, the things that we go back to, our core values, the things that we uh, embed into the fabric of our life. 
And uh, I've realized through listening uh, to this podcast that actually I have core virtues that I revisit over and over on Creative Pep Talk. And I'm blown away by, you know, when I go meet people that listen to the show that um, are missing some of them in such a way that it's hurting them on their path to creative transcendence, on that path to find their gift and give it away. And so, to remedy this, I wanna highlight each virtue in perfect clarity to the best of my ability so that doesn't happen anymore. Let's do it. Okay. What better way to kick off the creative pep talk philosophy series than to start with our first core virtue. And our first core virtue is what I'm calling altruism. Embedding altruism into your creative practice and approach. And, uh, you know, we're going to go into this in uh, kind of a, 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 we're gonna hold two things in tension about altruism. It's this idea that we're gonna talk about it through the lens of what altruism does for you, which is kind of like an oxymoron. It's kind of like altruism is supposed to be you out there doing stuff for all people, for other people um, out of this pure, place where it's not for you. It's not serving you. You're doing this thing just because it's good for other people, even if it's sacrificing yourself. And so to talk about it through the lens of what it actually does for you is kind of a twisted thing. And actually why I wanted to start here was this argument between the Epicureans and the Stoics, these two philosophical schools of thought. Um, would have had a different view of altruism. Now, I find myself to be probably more of an Epicurean by nature than a Stoic, even though I really respect the Stoics. I feel like the Epicureans were the feelers and the Stoics were the thinkers. And uh, these, I think, were in the Hellenistic age, uh, and they were... The Epicureans would say that altruism was essentially um, a great thing to participate in because it ultimately leads to your own pleasure and success and thriving. Whereas the Stoics would say that altruism should be given to, you should give yourself to altruism because it's the right thing to do regardless of how it seems to affect you even though it probably does affect you positively in the long run. And so you get this like kind of catch 22 thing, like should you, should you do altruism because it ultimately comes back kind of like good karma to positively affect you? Or should you do altruism just because it's the right thing, regardless of the fact that it probably does come back for your benefit? And I'm not, I'm too dumb to answer that question. I have no freaking clue which one is true. But in my own dumb version of philosophy, here's our takeaway. We don't know whether you should, uh, you should do altruistic things because it's good for you or whether you should do them despite whether it's good for you, uh, even though it probably is. And the thing I just hear, the takeaway for me is do good stuff. 
do good stuff for people and it's good for you too. Whether you do it because it's good for you or whether you do it because it's the right thing is irrelevant. I like to think of it less like a cause and effect and more like a beautiful spiral upwards into um, fantastic things. Met rather than a uh, that dualistic, is it this or that, is it either or, I like to think about it through the lens of it is a everlasting chain, an everlasting circle that's never broken. It's not about whether you are you you do thing good things and you're altruistic because it comes back to help you. It's it's that 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 happens over and over and they feed into each other because doing some good stuff for other people is good for you. You do more stuff for good for other people and it just kind of um it never ends. And so I'm not I'm not smart enough to know whether the Epicureans were right or the Stoics were right, but for our purposes as creative people, I want to argue that you get out of that argument altogether and quit worrying about whether there is any true altruism uh, or, or, or why you should be doing it and just do it. And uh, I want to argue why I think that is essential to you thriving in your creative career. The first thing I would just say is that it reminds me of Zig Ziglar, who was like a, uh, a salesman, uh, motivational speaker back in, I think, in the 70s. And his, his theme was, you can have everything you want if you help enough people get what they want. And actually, I think there is this deep, hidden wisdom in that cyclical view of altruism. If you go out there and help people get what they want, you will be able to get anything that you want. And um, it, and I think that here, here's what that means. It means if you are a creative person out there, serving people things that they want, if you help them get to what they want, whether that be someone like, like me, what I'm doing, which is helping you find a thriving creative career, or whether that be a, a musician who writes a song that helps people grieve because people want to grieve, they need to grieve sometimes, or whether that's a musician that helps people get what they want to feel celebration or to watch a movie that's cathartic or, or gives them what they want in an escape. If you can go out there and serve people and give them what they want, figure out how to give them what they want, they will give you what you want, which is patronage and support. And that brings us to, uh, we're, I'm going to tell you three little points of what I think this looks like in practice. And the first one is the golden rule. And uh, this one kind of blew my mind, just, just to be frank. <clears throat> if you study any of the world religions, um, you're going to find this thing. Uh, Buddha had a, had a version of it. Jesus had a version of it. And Jesus's was, do unto others as you would like done to you. And, uh, you know, growing up in the church world, I'm a Midwestern dude. Uh, I heard that 
from the time I was born. And I always just thought it sounded like a nice thing. Like if you like people to open the door for you, you should open the door for them. And then as I grew up and I've been doing this podcast and I've been doing my creative work, one of the things that just keeps coming back up over and over again is that you should go out there and make work that scratches your own itch. Uh, Amy Poehler talked about this. She said that uh, someone asked her if she watched Parks and Rec, the show, uh, and she was like, of course I do. Why do you think I make that show? I make that show because that's the kind of comedy I want to see out there in the world and nobody's doing it right now. So I make it to scratch my own itch. And I even, I've said over and over, the weird thing about creative pep talk is that not so much that I... I do love giving pep talks. I do love pepping people up, but way more than that, way more than the fact that I just happen to have an abundance of uh, hopeful things to say and strategic ideas about creative careers, more than that, I need creative pep talks. I need weekly doses of things that fill me up with inspiration, motivation, hope, strategy, new ideas of how to push forward, how to break through. I need that every week. I'm desperate for sources that give me that stuff. And actually, before I made this podcast, I was feeling like there was a real shortage of that uh, per, uh, exactly made for creative people. There was a shortage of that. And therefore, Creative Pep Talk was birthed probably first and foremost out of doing unto others what I wish someone would have done for me. And uh, when I realized that, I started telling everybody I knew that, you know, basically the biggest breakthroughs of my own career came from not just doing whatever I wanted to do or not just doing what I had the most talent at doing, but more doing what I wish already existed. You know, even in my illustration, this is true. I'm going to get to that in a second, but I just want to point out, I had this idea. I thought this is, you know, brilliant. It's this idea that, that you should be going and making the creative work that you wish existed. And I thought, man, this is so uh, revolutionary until I realized that it was basically what the Buddha and Jesus had said. Little did uh, Jesus know, maybe he did, that he was given out fantastic creative career advice. It was transcendent advice. It wasn't just about being nice. It's this idea that you go out there and you speak to the need that you have. You're so familiar. This is why you have to write what you know. You have to write what you want because you are deeply connected to and understand your own wants and needs. I know, even if you want to think about it through love languages, I know that I need words of affirmation. And therefore, if I want to be effective in loving people, I can go out there and give people what I need because I'm an expert in that need. And, and this is how it turns into action. One of the things that, probably the thing that I love more than anything to get from creativity, whether it's a movie or a song or an illustration or whatever, is this feeling of transcendence. It's kind of a spiritual feeling. It's kind of a feeling of, ah, you know, there's a, 
on Princess Mononoke from Hayao Miyazaki, there's this creature that when they move and step and, and touch things, that all of the foliage just blooms and blossoms and life is just bursting, emanating from this being. And uh, I can listen to music and there's this music that I listen to where in my mind, I can feel that blossoming and blooming and that life and it's like a higher uh, interdimensional explosion of like the source of life breaking through and, and, and kind of exploding with exuberant euphoric life. And that's the kind of creativity. It sounds like I'm completely bonkers, but that's the kind of creativity that knocks my socks off. And yet I can never find enough of it. I can never find enough creativity. I'm always searching for another album because there's only a few that really do it for me. Right. And so recently, just a few weeks ago, I, I, I was listening to this song while I was on a walk and it was giving me those transcendent feelings of like busting, bursting, exploding life, foliage, psychedelic explosions in my mind. And I realized that, man, this is what I love uh, art to do to me and I'm going to make an illustration to try to do that for other people and if you look back two weeks um, ago uh, we did an episode of the podcast where the artwork it says keep your head up and that artwork was inspired by me trying to scratch my own itch by me trying to do unto others as I want done to me because there's not enough work like that that does that transcendent thing to, uh, to me and actually I'll just say um, I don't want to get too hung up on the likes on Instagram but it's the most popular by miles almost doubles uh, most of my p posts reactions for that artwork and I think it's because I was so deeply connected to the need that I was trying to solve and I'm going to chase that in my creative work. So ask yourself, what do you really love when creative work does something to you? What is it that it does to you? And what do you wish that there was more creative work out there doing that thing to you? And then be the person to make that stuff. And that's, and do it out of love, do it out of like serving and giving that as a gift to other people. Uh, the second thing is abundance. Abundance is a thing that we talk about all the time. But what I've learned is that scarcity mindset, that mindset that says there's not enough creative work to go around. There's not enough uh, uh, good stuff in the creative industry to go around. So I need to take as much as I can. I need to get first in line and, and, and grab as much as I can because it's going to run out. And it doesn't matter who I cut off and it doesn't matter who I hurt because I've got to get in there and grab what I need to survive. And actually, I think short term, that kind of thinking, uh, that kind of uh, me first attitude will serve you for a short period of time. But one of the core virtues that we're going to talk about is long game, is that we're not in it for thriving for two months. We're in it for thriving for 45 years of a career. I don't know. Is that how many years you do a career? I have no idea. I'm not a math guy. That's too many numbers. As soon as I say numbers, I'm like, Bleh, I don't know, numbers. Um but uh, taking as much as you can, cutting other people off, putting other people down, I think that will sh uh, serve you in the short term. But in the long term, you will be pushed out. People will not want to work with you. 
And uh, here's my favorite way of seeing how having an abundance mindset and helping other people around you succeed actually in turn brings you closer to creative career transcendence, to thriving as a creative. One of the first things is this idea that um, a rising tide uh, raises all ships. So if you think that's not the exact quote, it's a Kennedy quote, um, but it's this idea that I've, and I've heard comedians talk about it, is that the best mindset to have when someone like Louis C.K. is having this in, incredible moment in comedy and he's, he's so popular, he's selling uh, more tickets than have ever been sold. It's easy as a comedian to say, oh, that sucks. I wish that was freaking me doing that. Like, I'm not selling that many tickets. It's easy to go to that place. And when I see people in my niche crush it or get jobs that I would have been desperate for, especially if I feel like, man, I would have been perfect for that. It's easy to go to that scarcity mindset and feel like, like, uh, man, I wish that was me. That sucks and be all down about it. But when I start to feel those feelings of jealousy, I try to flip it on its head. I try to try to see it as a rising tide raises all the ships because here's the fact of the matter. If Louis C.K. is selling more tickets in comedy than have ever been sold, that means that he is pushing the gospel of comedy. He's being an evangelist for comedy in the world. And it means that comedy is breaking further into markets and mainstream into people groups that it's never broken into before. And ultimately, you're going to be affected positively by that wave. If illustration is getting bigger jobs, bigger brand collaborations, it's in more magazines, that means ultimately it's going to be good for me. And so what I do, if I feel that little jealousy uh, rearing its ugly head, if I see a peer or a friend that does something that I wish I could have done, I try to just take action right and nip it in the butt by sharing it and praising it and pushing it everywhere because I want to live that virtue. And uh, I can guarantee that it will serve you well in the long term, not just because a rising tide raises all ships, but because uh you're going to be celebrating other people in the industry and therefore they will in turn one day want to celebrate you. And so that's number two. Let me say one more thing on number two. Number two, I think you should have that abundance mindset and think about creativity like we think about science. If you can see, if you can get, if you can kill the ego in your mind, the ego in your mind, uh, some people think it's an illusion. I'm not sure I'm there yet, but some people think, uh, you know, the ego in your mind is this part of your brain that tells you that you're you and you're not them, that you're an individual separated, that you have your own autonomy and freedom and the decisions you make are uh, all about you and they don't affect other people in an intricate uh, tied together system. But, but um, the truth is we are much more part of each other than we would like to think. And in the same way that when science advances, we all benefit, whether that's medical or technological. Um, when science advances, humans benefit. And uh, if you're a scientist, I think it's got to be advantageous that you're celebrating and excited about your peers' wins because ultimately we're all pushing at the same goal. And for me personally, 
I've tried to embrace this idea that creativity is the same. We think about all the musicians all pushing forward and as people have creative breakthroughs, it unlocks further creative breakthroughs and it means that next year we're going to have more interesting albums than we had the year before and we're going to keep things exciting and moving and fresh and inspiring. And for me, if I see creativity that way and I get excited when people take influence from me and do interesting new creative things rather than get threatened by it, then I feel uh, licensed to get inspired by other people and it has this positive upward cycle uh, in the same way that science does. And I think that that's beneficial for you, it's beneficial for me, it's beneficial for all of us. And the third thing that I wanna say the most simple, not going to take a lot of time on this one. Number three is just be nice. I'll tell you one thing, being a, a freaking BA designer uh, or illustrator or musician or whatever, being amazing at what you do, being an amazing film director or producer, if you will, being amazing at the craft is good enough to get a few gigs but it's not necessarily enough to get repeat clients, to build an entire career. And more than ever, we are seeing this play out in real time. The creeps and the bad people out there in the creative industries, in all industries, that bad stuff catches up with them and eventually will take down your career. And the opposite is true. If you are loving, if you are good to work with, if you're fun to work with, those are the people that they're going to hire again. You know, you're, they're going to say, you know who we liked having on set, who not just came through creatively, but also, also was just a joy to be around. Let's hire them 50 more times. And I can tell you as someone who has started to hire people, I don't just hire based on merit. I'm going to hire people based on chemistry, whether it's fun and interesting and exciting and positive to work with them. And if you go listen to the podcast, Sam Weber's Your Dreams, My Nightmares, he goes on and on and, and he has tons and tons of conversations with the best of the best in illustration. And this core virtue comes up over and over again. Yes, have great work, but ultimately the deal breaker is whether you're going to be nice to work with. And we've got to lose that false narrative that creatives have to be difficult to succeed. Jesse Bryan at the Creative Works Conference, I got to hang out with him. He's kind of a, a brand expert and uh, love this dude. Brilliant guy. I hope I get to spend more time with him in the future. Um, he did a talk and it was all about serving, which we've talked about on the podcast, like serving up value, like it's not all about you. And he talked about how um, this idea that we get obsessed with making this amazing work that our peers will critically acclaim, even at the cost of being a terrible person because we insult our clients by saying, you're dumb, you're picking the wrong thing, or we, don't, we can't pair that uh, logo with that font, That's, you're an idiot. Like who wants to work with that person no matter how right they may be? And uh, I think in this way, we got to think about um, elevating people over our portfolio. You can't always force a portfolio piece, but you can force being a good person and uh, doing your best to be great to work with. And uh, I think that all falls under the umbrella of altruism. 
So as you are in the process of creatively reaching for the stars, maybe pause and consider this idea that the stars are already within you. You're made up of stardust. You are a way for the universe to think about itself. You are made up of the same materials as the things you're reaching for, as the stars in the sky. And in that same way, you are them. We're all made up of the same things. I don't know if I'm totally down with saying the ego is a complete illusion. This idea that uh, I'm an individual and I am a part uh, from other people in humanity and that we are two different distinct things. There's part of me that thinks, you know what, I think we are kind of individuals. But there's another part of me that says that although I might be an individual, I am also part of a greater whole. And what is good for you is good for humanity. And what's good for humanity is good for me. And uh, I think it's worth considering that, you know, uh, it's so funny that uh, I spent the first seven years of my career building uh, a nice middle-class salary on illustration and I'm super grateful and privileged um, and, and happy that that journey went where it went. But it's so funny that, that my career has never been more interesting as when I started focusing on all of your careers. And I'm not saying that you need to start a creative pep talk podcast or creative career podcast, but what I am saying is that if you can see your creativity as part of a greater whole, if you can see that rising tide of your industry as good for everybody, if you can go out there and serve creativity that does to others what you wish creativity would do for you, I believe that you will find your creative transcendence so to speak he's literally carrying them up to a high altitude these tests are done at about 35,000 feet oh, that? well, that's a rapid decompression the man is uh, ostensibly at an altitude of 10,000 feet in the chamber you know, there were so many times in my path and in, in, in my journey where this reaching and striving for the stars is what, I, you know, I was reaching so hard with so much might that I started getting these cramps in my muscles and this tightness in my body. And all of that ends up spiraling downward, this self-obsessed focus. I've got to make myself into something. I've got to push into the future. I've got to grow my audience. I've got to reach for the stars. I've got to attain that transcendence. And I've come to learn that your best creative stuff it can't come from that place of clinging on. It's got to come from a place of letting go. 
just like you can't write your best book if you're criticizing it as you write it. Michael Jordan couldn't get in the zone if he had to ref the game at the same time, every second wondering if he's committing a foul, did he step out of boundaries, did work getting all locked in his head. He's not gonna be able to find the flow. And in that same way, if you're in this dark tunnel, this abyss of self-obsession creatively, this abyss of self-success and, 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 uh, and narcissism, and, and all your focus is on you've got to succeed and you're locked in your own head and you're clenching with this burden that is caving in on you. You're not going to find what you're looking for. And so I encourage you, if you are in that place, if I'm speaking to you right now, if it just feels like the world is stopping uh, and you're having a moment because you know that that burden and that striving and that self-obsession where you're so tired of being obsessed with your own success. Take a moment and look outside yourself and think about someone else and go give someone else a leg up. Go make something that you wish someone would have made for you. And I think in that same way, if you will start to shift your focus um, from getting everything you want to helping other people get what they want, that letting go, that opening of that clenched fist, I think you'll find what you're looking for will come back to you. Thanks to Yoni Wolf and the band Y for our theme music. Thanks to Nate Utesh and the band Metavari for uh, his lovely tunes, for all the other tunes. He's got a new album out on November 7th. Go listen to it on Spotify. Great tunes to get lost in while you're making your creative work. Thanks to Alex Sugg for being such a good uh, editor of this podcast. And thanks to all of you guys for listening. Uh, I hope this gives you your weekly dose to put some pep in your step to get done what you've got to get done this week. And until next week, do whatever it takes to stay pepped up. Mm -hmm.